Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith the Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? Hi. Good day. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Sabretooth. You can go over to sabretooth.com and use code WH to get yourself 10% off all your carving burrs. This is a very special episode for us. This is the official episode number 52, which if you know the weeks in a year, this would be the one year episode. So congratulations, boys. We are one year old now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Party! Now, I will say that it would not be possible, or I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be sitting here tonight if it wasn't for the people who have supported the show. Those of you who send us messages through email, through Instagram, leave us reviews, buy swag, things like that. Talk to us at Maker Camp or see us around town. It's all really great. But we specifically want to thank our patrons who have been supporting us all this time. So tonight we're going to read out every single person that is on our Patreon list, even if you are not at that tier to be read out on every episode, just as our thanks to everyone who has supported us. Thank you to all of you. You guys are great. Yeah, absolutely. And away <laughs> we go. It's going to take a while, so hold on to your hats. You're not going to mess <laughs> anyone up on this one, right? Oh, I'm going to screw them all up. Uh, <laughs> so we have NB Woodfinery, Brian Drennan, David Beck with Makes, Lillian Archer Photography, Brooke Denny Dodell. That's right. I got that one right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, J.M. Sullivan Woodworks, Artigino Sorio, Green Street Joinery, Matt Indrizzi, <laughs> Uncle Sam Metalworks, Rob DeMarco, Eastbroke Studios, Twist or Christy of Twisted Twine, Danelle Smith Christian, Lawrence of MaritimeNiceSupply.com, Daniel Indrizzi, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Hot Iron Metalworks, The Etsy Boys, Ronders, Corey of Odyssey CNC, Jafet Hernandez, I get that yeah. one right. <laughs> uh, Chris Kanor, AJ of Crafted in NJ, Crafty Man Forge, Tom uh, McGuire. Yeah, I Tom McGuire. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gee, why can't I talk tonight? <laughs> and I think when you said uh, Kanor, I think the K is silent, no. so I think it's just Nor. No, no, no? it's not. Oh, wow. we had that com- we had that conversation yeah. with Chris okay. on the. Uh, my apologies, Chris. Yeah. Stay in your <laughs> lane. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Working Hands podcast if I did. Yeah. We have uh, Toby of UK Knife, Knife Maker Supplies, um, Ed Johns, Lee of Regal Street. Whoa. <laughs> Uh-oh, I got that one right. Is that a new one? Sorry, mm. Keith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making it home. Uh, Steve, oh, geez, why can't I say Steve. that name? <laughs> Steve. We'll sleep with Steve. <laughs> Mosley, I yeah. guess is what it would be. <laughs> why can't right. Man, I, I don't read good. Um, Eddie's Economical Live Edged Plywood Tables.com. It's embarrassment <sighs> right there. <laughs> yeah, it is embarrassing to read that. One of our top um, supporters. <laughs> well, <laughs> then we have uh, Brian Housework of the WFI podcast. 
work for it. We have, yep. Uh, Vincent Ferrari of Because We Make podcast. The Grant Alexander. Hatch Made It. Eric at Overall MakerWorks. Um, Dave of What's Dave Doing? Matt of The Wooden Mustache. David Bauer. Austin of High Caliber Craftsman. Uh, Maldo, Maldo Makes. And Ben of Red Wolf Knives. Thank you all. <laughs> Very much appreciate yes, it. Thank you all. And that, guys, is 43 patrons currently at this point. If anyone listening to the show at this point is considering becoming one of those patrons and going up even further in that number, you can join it from going to patreon.com slash working hands podcast, or you can click the link in our Instagram or in the show notes of the podcast. So we're recording this on Sunday of 4th of July weekend. And uh, we had a little scheduling conflict. We weren't supposed to record tonight, but we did put out a poll for voice memos and stuff to be sent in to be played on the show. Uh, If they come in before chat edits, we'll put them over at the tail end. But uh, on our Patreon, we also put out a request and we did get one, uh, one person to respond so far. And that was Matthew. And uh, we asked um, for people to give us their favorite moments of the show or, or what they liked or what they want to see in the future. So Matt put together a little heartfelt deep from within message for us. I'm going to read that for you now. He said, my favorite part is when Chad speaks and doesn't mention bootjacks or gives any advice of any kind, which he is not an expert. I also like to hear Tony talk about anything. I would like to hear more about projects being done and not just the tools you use. A, f- a few more guests <laughs> to expand the community would be nice. So look for that in the future. Thank you, Matthew. It was very nice, Matthew. Thank you very much for that. So it's been 52 episodes. That's a lot of episodes, gentlemen. What do you, uh, what, what do you expect? I mean, people have heard the past. I don't know if we want to give our favorite parts of what we did or not, but um, if you just want to talk about where we see this thing going or what, or just move on to a normal episode, it's up to you. Chad? Favorite moments. Favorite moments. There's a lot. I think my favorite moments are anytime I get to hear the two of you break out in laughter from (laughs) something stupid that I've said on the show. It's kind of priceless getting to hear Tony start out with like a, a, a slow laugh, but then it builds into like a full out, just belly aching Canadian brawl or something. It's a uh, very heartwarming. All those moments have, have always been my favorite, just hanging out with the guys, you know, busting out laughing about random things that's going on in our lives. Like live edge, fake walnut plywood tables. <laughs> Yes, which I know you guys laughed about that concept because when you hear it in your head, it sounds ridiculous, it right? It's ridiculous. But I showed you guys, <laughs> yes, I showed you guys pictures sound. of it. What is your honest opinion on them after seeing the pictures? I think of they them? look like fake walnut live edge plywood tables. <laughs> the, descri- the description you. is correct. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think they're 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 better than I expected, but for what you're Making them for, I think they're more than yeah. adequate. Yeah. They fit the solution. <laughs> they're a solution. You the- know, plywood is actually a superior product over 
solid hardwood. In Did your, you know that? It's more stable. In your opinion. <laughs> Here I go, talking like I'm an expert in something and not actually being an expert. I'll, I'll stop talking. No, now. yeah. Tony, what are your what are your favorite moments or things that we've done in this thing that we call a podcast? I don't know. I think most of the time I'm kind of like a goldfish. Like after we're done, somebody sends me a message on like something we talked about. I'm like, sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I guess overall, I just enjoy enjoy doing this period. Like I guess that's all I can say. It's just been a it's been a blast, and I can't see uh, not doing it for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. I know like you listen to some podcasts that have been around for a while and you can tell that people are checking out and uh, I hope I hope that doesn't come across from us because I'm enjoying doing it. I still enjoy getting together every week, having something to talk about. It's fun. And I like when people message me, even though I'm like you, Tony, I'm a goldfish. After we record, <laughs> half the time I forget what we recorded and it's tough when we have to name the episode later, but uh Oh, I've had people message me about something and I'll be like, sure, I got to go listen to what I said again because this is no idea. Yeah. I think my favorite part, and and I, I still have to apologize to everyone, I haven't mailed everything out yet, so that'll be going out this week, but uh, was the challenge. I enjoyed the challenge. I enjoyed the community getting behind the challenge. I enjoyed other people who didn't participate in the challenge talking about the challenge. I thought the challenge was fun. So that would probably be my favorite part of the last year of episodes. Yeah, that's definitely got to be one of the highlights. Getting to see what people in the community, like what their minds make when they have to make something that they don't typically use was pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah, the challenge itself actually gave our podcast, which is a non-physical item, it's just audio. The challenge itself, based on what the community did with it, turned it into something physical that will last for whoever knows. I mean, that stone urinal is going to last an eternity. That's that's going to be here for the rest of all of our days. So it's it's cool to see the projects that people made in the actual physical world just by a simple little podcast of three guys getting together, talking, and then including the community and the community taking off with it and turning it into something great. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is fun to see what can be created, especially based on our... Our little podcast and the community we're building around it is pretty, pretty epic in the end. So, I, I mean, thank you to all the listeners. I mean, you keep us coming back with your comments and DMs and such. Yeah, you're right. With without any without any interaction, I mean, it'd be tough to just be three talking heads all the time. Yeah. And we should also give a big thank you to everyone who donated to the challenge itself. Again, if, if it wasn't for those sponsors or those people in the community who donated items or gifts for the challenge itself, I think it probably wouldn't really have had legs to stand on. So uh, just a huge thank you to everyone who participated in that. And I'm really excited, even though the Make What You Fear challenge is over, I'm excited for it to be redone again in 2023. But now we are on the maker camp maker swap. So kind of the same thing, not as high stakes. Um, Some could say higher so stakes. It's, it's, yeah, it actually is higher You're stakes. You're going maker to maker before you just made it and posted about it. Now you got to give it away. Yeah, That's you just true. had to make it Instagram pretty. Yeah. And now people are going to be touching it. <laughs> seeing it. Seeing it up close. 
Yeah, it should be fun, though. I enjoyed the swap last year. I, I think we had a lot of fun with it. I think a lot of people had a lot of fun with it. So it should be interesting to see what people make this year, how they up their game from last year. Now, last year, I made a, well, I bought a marking knife blank offline, and I used that, and I created a handle using digital fabrication. I used my laser to cut out some maple and some walnut and do a tiny engraving in the handle. But after being at Maker Camp and seeing what people turned in, honestly, I was a little bit, uh, is the right word, embarrassed with what I created? Yes. I was like, I didn't make that, except sadly I had my name engraved on it. So I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> so this year I have much higher, the bar has been raised a lot based on what a lot of people brought to the maker swap. So I'm already planning it out. I'm trying to come up with something that's, that's not just something that my digital fabrication machines have created, but something that has a lot of thought behind it. Something that's really going to be special. I mean, uh, show off those skills, Chad. There's a lot of stakes. Show off those skills. It's the plan. It's the plan. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been racking my brain on what to make this year. I gotta come up with something, but be a probably be a smithing project. I think that I'll I'll make something. Still got still got some nice curly maple left over too from my make what you fear as well. So make something with that. Maybe be a nice too. flat, pointy, sharp object with a wooden mm. spot for your hand. Hmm. <laughs> be a difficult thing to bring across the U.S. Canadian U.S. border. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'll throw around a few ideas. We'll see. Finally, got out into the shop and did some some cleanup since make what you fear. So now, now I got to get out there more. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to make this year for the maker swap. I'm a little nervous. Like Chad, after last year, you really got to bring your best this year. You know. Um, I got to step up my game. I just don't know what it'll be, but it'll be cool. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with last year with the make or uh, the maker swap, and I mean, yeah, I'm definitely thinking long and hard on the next project for sure. Well, I got to get going on it soon because it's already July. It's going to be uh, October before you know it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be finishing it. While I'm at camp, that's for sure. Yeah. But if you're, you as the listeners are planning on, on participating in the MakerSwap, post about it. Post what you're making, post your progress, post your final product. Get people excited about the chance to go home with your item. Um, and that should uh, also help to level up everyone's game for this fun event. So... And Keith, where can they post it and how should they post it so that we can see it and talk about it on the show? They can post it on Instagram under hashtag MakerCampMakerSwap. That's it. That easy. <laughs> um, if you do post, we'll talk about it. We'll bring it up here. So it's a little bit of free promotion for you. Yeah, definitely do that because you participating in the Maker Camp Maker Swap and posting about it online will also help inspire more people to get into it as well. And it might get the brainstorming session kind of going to give people some good ideas as well. Yeah. Good. So Tony. Yes. You're wearing a shirt or I should say a jersey of some sort that says <laughs> spitting llamas. Spitting. Yeah. It's not a hockey jersey like you were saying earlier but <laughs> it's a uh 
it's a, so, a co-ed softball team that I play on. Me and me and Lil play on it. So I was playing. We played a doubleheader tonight, and then I ran from the field to here so I could we could get this uh, recording completed. So did you win? No, <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely terrible. <laughs> we have we've only the one game we did win was because the other team didn't show up. It's still fun though. Oh, a technicality. <laughs> Yeah, so no, we have we have fun. Um there's a group of us that have played before and I'm in that group. So I generally just hang out center field and catch everything that comes at me. But uh other than that, it's uh it's a group of people who've played very little, so they're just out to have some fun, have a few beers and and uh just have a good time. So and get some exercise while they're doing it. So very good. That so is a good time. That is a good time. I remember when I was a kid, my mom actually played softball for the longest time. I mean, I was like eight to like 12 years old during these times. And I just remember having so much fun going to the softball games, not watching the games, but playing on the playground (laughs) with all the random kids that would come. (laughs) And they had that spinny thing that you could spin like as fast as you could possibly go around. And we'd get on there and see how far we could fling kids across the, uh, the parking lot and, Right across no, Keith, the street. It's the, the, the spinny McSpinny mm. thing is what I he said. I broke my leg. Yeah, I want, the spinny McSpinny <laughs> thing. I broke my leg on one of those as a kid. Yeah. There's a lot of broken bones from kids. <laughs> Were you but, one, of those, one of those kids who put a scooter on it and just like, meh? <laughs> uh, sadly, we didn't try that. But it was actually the swings that was breaking all the kids' arms. They would do this weird backflip move off of the swings and then their arms would get stuck in the chains and it would just instantly break their arms. I mean, like five or six different kids did the same thing and just ended up with broken arms. Pretty crazy. Good times though. Softball. Softball. <laughs> yeah, not kids breaking arms. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Just just remember those good times uh, doing the softball. Yeah, no, it's good because it's, it's fairly family friendly so the, my kids are there from time to time. They're at their grandparents this week so they decided to <laughs> i get a text message like can we go they're going to one set of grandparents and they're like can we go to your parents for this long and then i was like sure go ahead so they're they're gone till friday of this this coming week so well, that's exciting yeah nice to have some quiet time yeah I know nothing about that with my three kids right now, but I'm not <laughs> complaining. Summer, though, whew, when they're out of school, it is it is a full house. There's just three of them, and there are two parents, but you feel outnumbered by at least a factor of six. <laughs> yeah. Keith knows all about that, right, Keith? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I had a good I had a good day today. Drinking beers and hanging out in the pool, playing pickleball. No kids around. It was great. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, Keith lives on like a resort, basically. I call it a compound. <laughs> he calls it a compound to make it sound worse than it really is, I think. He's got a swimming pool, pickleball courts. Just it's quite just amazing. One, Not just that one I've ever. Pickleball court. I've never been there, but I stalked you from Google Maps, so I was able to see see everything you have out there from a sky view. Yeah, I don't complain about it. <laughs> Were you able to get your uh, patio furniture finished up in time for this hangout? No, no, we're uh, no, 
No. Maybe tomorrow we'll work on those. So. Did you get the uh, crimped wire wheel for your angle grinder? I didn't. I didn't. I was busy at work all week this week and, uh, you know, end of the month stuff. And then uh, I never went out to get it. I'm hoping maybe there's a store open tomorrow that carries it. But if not, I'll just use the wire wheels I have tomorrow. It, it's going to be a long process to knock the paint off all of these chairs and such. So I'm not going to rush it. When it. I was going to say on the on the 4th, you guys don't really have a whole lot open, do you? No. Thought like the whole country shut down. Yeah, tomorrow there shouldn't be anything open really. But yeah, you know, I'll get to it. It'll be done by maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that'll be perfect for your make what you fear twenty twenty three. No. You can paint those green too. No, they'll be white. Not a weirdo. I'm paint everything green. <laughs> but yeah. It's gonna be a long process to get those done. Uh but there's like different, there's like one, like one set of like a chair, couch and a rocker. So we'll work on that set first and get that done and put an op operation and then work on one of the tables and chair sets and then the other table and chair set. So it's not like we don't have patio furniture already. It's just, we want to use that patio furniture instead of what we have. So it's like upgrading almost. Very good. Very good. Now, when you were doing the bandsaw restoration, did you get that sandblasted professionally by somebody? I did, yeah. Yep. Do you remember what that ran you as far as how much it cost? Uh, it was about 125 bucks. Okay. So for the patio furniture, that doesn't really make sense. No, I'd be spending like $1,000 to get that done. So I'm not doing that. I'm going to wire wheel it, you know, and then paint it. Doesn't have to be perfect. It's patio furniture. Tony, it finally cooled down enough for you to make it out to your your workshop. You said you got things cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. Um, today was a bit rainy and drizzly, so it wasn't the greatest day, but uh, it did make it. So I, I got up and wandered out for a few hours and got uh, a <laughs> whole ton of cobwebs that I didn't realize were there in behind my in behind all my benches and stuff. <laughs> and then all the sawdust you would not believe oh we I'm, would <laughs> i am done with working with wood that is just <laughs> atrocious the amount of dust there's dust in my welding helmet that was six feet away from the <laughs> from, from my grinder like it's it just ridiculous gets on everything of, it's everywhere everywhere I, pull, I had to pull the lens out of my helmet <laughs> pull the 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 head, the um, the harness, the head harness, and everything out of it. Take it inside, wash it out because the all the fabric, all the pads that are on it were all full of dust, and it was a just a now mess. you know why woodworkers always stress about dust collection. Yes, if I was the next time I go to do something like that, I'm going to jerry rig something to pull dust because that was ungodly. Like there was. There was two inches of dust directly underneath the 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 two by seventy two, and then progressively <laughs> less as you get out from it. Like it was, and even still, like the vacuum, I had to use a brush to brush everything off, and I found dust where there shouldn't so, be. <laughs> I've done a couple, I guess, woodworking projects with my two by seventy two so far, and 
granted I have a dust collector, but I put the hose right next to it, like right next to where I was working, and that did a, a fine job at collecting it. So um, it, you could probably get something similar from a shop vac when you're going. So that's something to think about. Maybe hooking up a, like a shop vac, like right next to where you're going to be working on the two by 72, whether it's in the front on the platen or just below your table or what have you. Yeah. And plus with what I was doing, I was, because I didn't have the luxury of a bandsaw or anything at, at that point, um, I was doing a lot of hogging material with that. Like I, I took, I took the piece that was the blade went from half inch down to about three sixteens. And I did that with the grinder. So I had, I chewed a lot of, a lot of dust or a lot of wood off. So made a lot of dust. I bet. I bet. But now you have a, uh, bandsaw. So hopefully in the future, it's just minimal on the two by 72. Yeah. So that's my, that's my next project is I got to build a stand so I can move the saw into the, into my shop and then. Then we'll start getting some projects done. Very good. Very good. What about you, Chad? What have you been up to? I am still really busy working for this big client who um, had me make those live edge tables. I got those out. He came and picked them up or he sent some guys with a moving truck to come get those right on time. I got them done. After that, I had to make some frames for him just for like a pricing the items at the storefront that he's opening just where he drops in some cardstock from the top those were pretty simple pretty quick to make but i made 18 of those now i am on to the signs that he sends out to all his retailers and this time normally he asked for 48 signs and these signs are on one inch pine that's 12 inches round and then i make a base that has two dowels that stick up from the bottom and then i cut a base with table saw and make all these kind of cool looking edges and that's where you'll see me dipping the bases into the stain if you've seen me uh do that on instagram before so with that he just placed an order for those he wants 120 of them so i've been completely in production mode working on those and let me tell you what when you're working on a quantity of 120 of something one step just one simple step is going to take half of your day. So I'm trying to pick my steps as carefully as possible because something as simple as removing a sticker off the wood can take you two hours when you're is working that at why, that kind of quantity. Is that why I see you put, you got a jig that you just made or is that something you've had in, you've employed pr- previously? Ah, oh, yeah. So you you saw the the little the clamping jig that I, I put together. Yeah, for your two for your two dowels on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where Explain I have to that. drill the holes on the bottom of the round. Okay. So on, on the rounds, that's after I've already engraved the image on the piece of wood. So the imagery is already on there. So at this point, I need to get it to the drill press and I need to drill two parallel holes that are three inches apart that's perfectly in the center of that one inch thickness of the wood itself. So I used to do it just by, I actually made another jig that had some doweling pins that I would line up with my eyeballs and kind of press it into the bottom. 
And then from there, I would take it to the drill press and hold it in place and then pull it down and hit both those points that I had marked previously that I had to measure. So it was multiple steps to do it that way. And I mean, at this point, that would have taken me two days probably to get through everything with those two steps. So the clamp podcast clamp is what the name of the podcast they're putting on a challenge where they want you to either use a clamp or create a clamp and just kind of post about it and and share it on Instagram. And they have some cool prizes that are they're sharing. I don't plan on winning. There's no way I'm going to win with what I created because it was quick and dirty, but it's amazing how just taking 20 minutes to create my own clamp has improved my production. And it's something that I'll use in the future as well. And this clamp is just two pieces of wood that are rectangles. So everything's parallel, everything's straight, everything's measured out. And then I drilled holes on the opposite sides. I put some long carriage bolts through, super glued it to the backside so they wouldn't spin. And then I recently got the Cat Moses stop block thing for my miter saw. It came with two perfect knobs, little plastic knobs that you can thread onto a bolt I pulled them off of the Cat Moses jig and I put them onto my clamp and they fit perfectly. So now I can drop my rounds right in there. I can visually inspect, make sure the logo is perfectly straight. I line it up with my pencil marks, clamp it down. I can bring it to the drill press. And on the drill press itself, I put another piece of plywood down the bottom that I marked with a pencil so I could drill the first hole and then slide it forward. And once the pencil marks line up to the next marks, it's at three inches. So all the measuring is done at the drill press now. And it, it took again, what was multiple steps, multiple tools, multiple clamps, a mess and not very accurate down to just basically one step. So it's, it's good. It's it's a cool little simple jig and it's ugly. It's again, I'm not going to win the challenge with that one. Uh, but I thank the Clamp podcast for for inspiring me to create that. And again, it's it's really helped my production. So do you have a fence on the backside to keep it keep your piece centered? Or do you have to center freehand? On the drill press itself, I take, you know, the little table that most drill presses have that's normally flat, right? You can undo mm-hmm. the yep. bolt underneath the table and you can rotate it to whatever angle you want. So I rotate the table to 90 degrees. So it's perfectly straight up and down. And then I slide that over to the left or right until I get perfectly centered with the drill bit based on the thickness of my material. So it's it's on a diagonal to get it at that spot. But I can press it up against that table like it is a fence. What you should do is find a guy who's just throwing away a drill press on his front lawn and then set one drill press up just for that action. <laughs> if only man if i saw a drill press on the side of the road i would slam it in reverse and pick that thing up oh man no really my real goal my real goal is to do what izzy has been doing lately have you seen the jig that he he created that has the three drills that come from three opposite sides he pulls a lever it turns on all three drills and they they drill three holes at the same exact time at this perfect spots. This is for his um quick connects for the dust collecting dust collection system pieces that he's selling. And man, if if you are interested in efficiency and like production, Izzy Swan is somebody that you definitely want to be following because I believe that is like his cup of tea right there. 
I don't know what he did in a past life, but I think it had something to do with going into manufacturing plants and helping with coming up with machinery and efficiency to help companies run more smoothly. But I mean, that's about all I got going on. (laughs) How about you, Keith? You got anything going on other than your uh, furniture? Yeah, well, the furniture is not really mine. That's what my wife's working on. I, uh... <laughs> You've been talking like it was yours. Well, t- uh, uh, Chad was asking me like it was mine, so I just answered what, what, the, what the progress is. But uh, <laughs> I have been working on a chair I got. I got an old mid-century modern chair uh, to redo, so I've been sanding that back and fixing some issues with it, and... Uh, I should be able to get some finish on that this week, and then I'm gonna reupholster it with some leather. So it should be should be nice when that's done. And uh, my plan is to eventually make one of my own chairs, kind of similar to the style soon. So that should be fun. So you got some uh, blackthorn green dye for that leather? Or? I bought it green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, I got this chair and it had been recovered once before. And it had um, this like multicolored, very seventies look to it, which was cool. But it was like torn and ripped, and it was just like a tweed fabric. But when I got it, I started ripping that off, and I ripped that part off, and I revealed underneath green leather, and it was right after no yeah, and it was right after <laughs> I had just bought a hide of green leather, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But you know me as green, I'm going to buy it. So, um, the, what was on there had been ripped. That's why they had recovered it in the past. So I figured, eh, it's going to look good on this chair. This is how the chair came originally. So I'm going to put green back on it. It should be good. It'd be nice. That's really cool. And it's, it's, it's smart to do like a a restoration of a chair, maybe before creating your own, because as far as like furniture and, anything that you can make as a woodworker or a maker in general is, I mean, I would have to give a lot of challenge to chairs themselves. It's something that I have stayed away from just because of liability issues. I don't want to sell a chair to a full grown adult and have it break on them. And then me getting sued in the long run. But well, I don't know if that's something that you'll be doing, but no, I, I don't plan on, I mean, chairs are time consuming and I'm not obviously not proficient in doing it. Uh, but I have, two chairs I want to make. I want to make like a mid-century modern, like the style that I'm doing now type chair, but with like chunkier legs. Like I want to be able to, to carve like the rounds of the legs and stuff. But then I have another chair um, I'm going to make. And I've only told a couple of people what it is. And uh, two of those people are Jeff and Rob over at green street. And they, (laughs) They think I am crazy for even wanting to do it. So it, that one's going to take me a long, long time. So uh, eventually you'll start seeing that be made in my shop. That sounds exciting. I'm, I can only imagine what it must be if you had those guys a little worried for you. <laughs> it's going to be uh, a ton of time, a ton of work, uh, and they, there will be a lot of carving into it as well, power carving. So. Um, going to be interesting to see if i can pull it off are you making the game of thrones chair (laughs) throne that that, you're gonna make it out of wood that may be easier (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. There we yeah, go. This chair is going to be uh and uh, you know what the crazy thing is, is I don't even want the chair. <laughs> I'm not making it for me. I, I'm just making it for the joy of making it. I think it's going to be a cool chair to be made. Um, it's not something I see in my house or anything, but maybe I'll sell it once I'm done with it. Um, but yeah, I get that. There's like where I'm like, I guess when I'm with certain bikes, like how I'm kind of an, kind of an enthusiast. Um, there's Indian makes one with that. I call it refrigerator green. Yeah. It's that real dull, uh, not dull, but just kind of that, it's that 50s old green. school green. It's like mint. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like, I love the look of it but I would never own one. <laughs> yeah. Down the street from where I used to live, there was an Indian dealership and they would always have that in the mint green with the tan leather bags on it and stuff. Oh, the beautiful looking bike. Yeah. And instead of being, I think even the white is not, it's a yep. cream and not yep, a white a cream. So th- th- they're sharp. Don't get me wrong, but I could not drive that every day. <laughs> it would not be for me. Yeah. But the mid-century modern, like the like the chair that's going to be kind of like the one I'm redoing now. That one I want. This other one I just want to to do the project. Um, I haven't seen anyone do it before. I'm sure now that I'm even talking about it without talking about it, uh, somebody's going to do it before me. But we'll see what happens. That seems to be always what happens. I have an idea, and before I can execute on it, somebody else does. It's gonna. It's true. I've seen it happen multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, multiple times. But you know, it is what it is. Well, it it won't be me because I had to look up what mid century modern was. I'm just doing that right now. <laughs> oh, we're talking about two chairs though. But yeah, the mid century modern chair I'm making is going to be cool. That'll be the chair I'm going to make first. This other one that's going to take forever is. I'll probably start that at the same time, but that's going to take a long, long time. You guys are all going to laugh at me. <laughs> we we don't already. I thought that's what what this no, was. But you're gonna laugh so harder at this each chair other when it's done, <laughs> or when I'm in the process of doing it. It's gonna be a toilet. It's gonna be a black toilet. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Making a new yeah. a new chair. <laughs> Nailed it. Ah. Yeah. You know how popular those are right now. Speaking of toilets, recently the toilet in <laughs> our upstairs. Where is this one? <laughs> hold on to your horses. Upstairs, right? So, you know, plumbing upstairs is already bad. It's the kids' bathroom. I periodically just go in there just to make sure they're flushing and keeping it clean and hygienic up in there. Well, I go. It's fine. I think everything's good and peachy. But then I notice down at the floor, I see a little glimmer of shine. And I look down and I see water. And I'm like, no way. I thought I fixed this because recently I replaced the the inlet water hose coming out from the wall. The O-rings in that had gone out and it was leaking from that hose. So I bought a brand new one of those, got it fixed, and the leak had stopped. Well, this is probably four months later that I'm seeing water again. I'm like, no way. I guess I didn't tighten everything enough. So I go ahead and flush the toilet, get all the water out, get a sponge, and just examine it. And I think it's it's leaking from the little O-ring on the water filler that comes up into the toilet from the bottom. So I remove that, check the O-ring, everything looks good. And I'm just scratching my head thinking, what is wrong? I mean, I literally have this thing as tight as I possibly can. And then I look inside the tank and I see what looks like a hair 
going down the backside of the tank. And then I try to move the hair away and it doesn't move. It's not a hair. The tank has a little hairline fracture going through the back of it. <laughs> nice. Because you turn the water off. And- yeah. Yeah. Turn the water off, dried out the tank. And I don't really feel like doing another bathroom renovation because I just did finish one of those that took me about three years. So I just got lots some fives. Yeah, lots of naps. That was quite a What did you do? <laughs> I mixed up some five-minute epoxy after the toilet had dried, and I just smeared it all over that hairline fracture. Chad. And it's it's curing right now. I haven't put water in the tank Chad. yet. Chet, 80 bucks, <laughs> you can have a new toilet. Certain, it's not certain, the cost of the toilet. Certain places will just have the top for you. You just buy the new tank on the back. Yeah, this is a cream toilet. It's one of those old ones. You can buy a cream toilet. If you go to Home Depot, you can just order a cream toilet. I'm going to buy a new toilet. It's going to be a black toilet. Then buy a black toilet. They're like 89 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I think Costco has them. Your five minute epoxy. Great. Say it works. Right. And you fill that tank up and uh-huh. then, and then that hairline crack cracks again and you're out with the kids at the park and this toilet's upstairs of your house. You're going to flood your b- b- bathroom. You're going to ruin the floor and then you're going to come home to that bathroom being on the first floor of your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are quite a... Do you need the $89, I don't the right Chad? Word for this. I, I, I will Venmo you $89 right now no, on air. I can pay for the toilet, but last time I decided to re- replace a toilet, I took the toilet out and realized that there was no floor underneath the toilet. There was no flange. There was no nothing. And that's what turned into the first bathroom renovation. And I just don't have time to go down that road right now. I will eventually, but I've got to take care of some clients first because these clients could potentially buy me another house if I keep playing my cards correctly. So I'm just going to put a Band-Aid on it for now. If it floods and the house gets destroyed, that's what insurance is for, right? Can you insert crickets here? Please, please do. Can you also, right after the crickets, insert our uh, advice? <laughs> our advice thing? Oh, the legal, the legal speed talk? Yeah, I can put that right here. That the views and opinions expressed by Chad are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the other host. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as legal or business advice. And all listeners should do their own due diligence in the respective municipalities in accordance with local laws following the ramblings of a certain host. Now with that out of the way. Sorry, that was quite quite a toilet hole we went down there. What were we talking about before that? I don't know. Oh, my chairs. Yeah, your chairs. <sighs> spend the money, Chad. Fix yeah, spend it. Spend the money. Oh. Who knew our our... our our anniversary show would be the toilet show. We, we, I think we have a title for the show. Yeah, we should just call this toilet humor. I got a good, <laughs> I got a good laugh. I got a good laugh at a Chad's toilet debacle. Oh man, yeah, yeah, kids. Five minute epoxy on a toilet. This is wow. Riveting advice you're giving. Would you feel list. better if I spent a little extra money and got Flex Seal tape and put that over it as well? Chad. Pretty sure your five minute epoxy is more expensive than Flex Seal. <laughs> you probably spent $10 on five minute epoxy. Now you're going to go out and buy Flex Seal. So that's another $20 a roll. Then you're $30 in. 
You've already replaced the hoses on this toilet. If you had just replaced the toilet, you'd be cheaper. The next thing that's going to go is the valve on the inside. That's another $25. I replaced that too all already. <laughs> the only thing not new that's on that toilet happened. at You this replaced point. the valve on the inside and over-tightened it and cracked it. No, because it didn't crack down there. It cracked on the back. I think what happened is somebody put the lid of the toilet on too harshly. Because it, it's kind of streaming up from the top of the tank down. Yeah. Spend the money. Do you need me to Venmo you? Do you want me to order one no, on Amazon not, right now? It's not the cost. have it sent to your house. That's a problem. You forget. I I'm, got, I'm, I've, I've got his address. I can send him one. You're going to send me a Canadian <laughs> toilet? That'd be great. No, I'm just going to go Amazon.com and I'll even, <laughs> I'll even, I'll even throw in the gasket. <laughs> It's you guys. It's, you, you guys use the wax gaskets down there, don't you? Yeah, we still do. They sell the rubber. The what are they now? They have these rubber know. ones. I'd which, be using the wax. I'm yeah. I'm old school. I'm an old grump. I'm a grumpy old man, and I'm going to use what I know. <laughs> the wax uh, ones work better. It's always such a great surprise to lift up a toilet and look at that nasty wax too. It's so beautiful, and then you got to scrape it off with a scraper. Yeah, but so satisfying. It's just wax. It's but not, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually touch the other stuff. All right. So Amazon toilets are a little pricey. You you gotta go to Home Depot. Do you need us to Venmo you money? We're doing this. It's the time. I need the time. Can I just have you come down and replace the toilet for me? I'll pay for everything. Chad. Time is money right now. The toilet's already dry, right? You emptied it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did the sponge trick. Right. So it's already dry. So now you have two more bolts. And one hose to disconnect. You lift it out, you scrape off the wax seal, you put down a new wax seal, and you bolt the two back and you hook up the line again, and you're done. If the metal gasket is still under the toilet and if it's still connected to a subfloor. The last toilet I replaced had nothing underneath it. Well, that <laughs> it was a nightmare. That's going to pose a whole nother problem if your upstairs toilet doesn't have a subfloor underneath it. It's gonna wind. Yes, it's gonna it, wind it up will. in your living room anyway. I'm just not open. I'm not ready to open this can of worms. I know it's probably the the fact of the matter because whoever built this house was not a plumber, and they clearly should not have been doing any of the plumbing. But they did anyway. His name was Chad. <laughs> Chad yeah. back in the 1960s. Chad was killed. Yeah, Chad was killed by a toilet. Man. Oh man. There's lots of videos on YouTube. I can send you some that, that show you how to replace a toilet. <laughs> it's all right here. And with all the money you're making, mm-hmm. being busy in the shop, you could just hire a plumber and he can come over and change it for you. This is true. This is true. But I think we're forgetting that I have trust issues with service people. But you don't have trust issues in five minute epoxy on a toilet bowl. No, because I applied that epoxy and I did a nice thick layer and I'm letting it cure for 24 hours before I let any water touch it. He also said he let a Jersey boy and a Canuck come down and replace his toilet for him. So I'm pretty sure we're not qualified plumbers either. <laughs> I, 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 I've I replaced enough toilets to think I could replace a toilet without any issue. See, it's that confidence that Keith has. That's why I'm willing to pay him. The service people you get down here. Oh How man, much I you pay? There's nobody I'll in Georgia that's a service person. I'll pay you $250 <laughs> to replace that toilet. All right. And travel expenses. 
Mm, okay, but I'm sending you a super bus, a mega bus. No, I got to fly in. I got to fly out. I'm busy, man. I can't be down there all day. What's a mega bus? I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. It's it's, it's <laughs> a mega put bus together a, with five a, minute a, epoxy. <laughs> it, it possibly could be. It's a double decker bus that you see down here in the states, and uh, it's advertised as you can ride for one dollar. I don't know if that's true, but you can get on this bus in Florida and ride it all the way to Washington. Yeah, there's only one. It has Wi Fi. It's the front seat for a dollar. There's only one. Yeah, I've never personally ridden on one. Dollar. I'm not getting on a bus for you, Chad. Don't do it for me. Do it for the children. Do it it for would the probably children. take like three days to get on a bus from Florida to D.C. Stopping every 20 minutes. No, yeah. they would drive straight there. That's Yeah, yeah well, they're still going to have stops on that route. Yeah. Well, I've never done it. Have you guys ever traveled by train? Like, not just like in city, like, uh, you know, in New York and things like that, but like actual transcontinental train rides now, i've always wanted uh, to do this yeah yeah i think that's a bucket list thing for me um in my retirement age <laughs> we'll do uh yeah, if it's still not going something i would do as as i'm able-bodied i'm not doing that <laughs> i would yeah, like I'll to do, do a trans, trans canada one yeah, yeah europe for sure you're pretty cool because every hour you'd be in a different country yeah like Less. going through states yeah I hear their flights are really cheap too. Like you can just fly to country to country, mm-hmm. real, real economical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like getting on an old bus. Seats are plastic. They're just meant for like twenty-minute flights. They're like commuter planes. Yeah, yeah. We've actually got a trip planned for Europe next year, so it'll be fun. Where are you gonna go? Uh, so the plans to hit France, England. And then do a uh, a cruise from England to Norway. Wow! Ooh. Like a ten, like a ten day cruise up through. Gonna be north of the Arctic Circle. I think is the plan. I think we're going right up to the almost the very northern tip of Norway. I don't know the exact itinerary, but uh, I do know that we're going f- above the Arctic Circle, which would be pretty cool. Never been up that high, so. Yeah, me either. I want to go to Europe soon, maybe next year. What part of Europe are you interested in, Keith? All of it. Maybe Italy. I've been to Ireland. So Italy sounds like it would be cool to go to. Maybe Spain. I don't know. I'm open to anything. Anything? Yeah, why not? Russia? Yeah, why not? Ukraine? Yeah, why not? All right, I'll get you your tickets. If you're buying, <laughs> I'm going. You leave tomorrow. Oh, I'll give you my toilet money. <laughs> All the money I'm saving by not buying a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Saving in quotations. Saving. Germany would be cool too. I'd like to yeah. go to Germany. I don't know if I think we I don't know if we have some Germany listeners, I believe, looking at our stats. Yeah. I don't know if Iceland is a um is that is that considered European? Europe? I'd like to go to Iceland too. Yeah, I think they should consider it Europe. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I'd like to go, I'd actually, I would like to go to Iceland too, because they have, uh, uh, a bunch of like strongman's, well, strongman's big in Iceland and they have a bunch of stones that you can, that you're able to go and, and try. And if you can lift them, they mean certain, like it used to be 
the fishermen would have, there was like one spot that there's three stones, I believe. And each one, if you could lift one, it it was how much of a share or how much of a share you would get on your boat that you were fishing on. Wow, so that's the bigger, cool. The bigger, the bigger the stone, the bigger the share. So it was kind of interesting to see. I remember seeing a thing that they were they were going from place to place and showing these different stones, and I'd like to try it. Not to say I'm going to move <laughs> any of them, but it'd be fun to give it a go. I would like to go there for, so for it, a photography tour. Be cool. Yeah. I want to go back to this stone concept. Can you just imagine if businesses were run this way today? Like if you worked at Amazon, <laughs> whoever can lift the biggest stone gets the biggest chunk of change. <laughs> yeah, but that goes back to I the days it. goes back to the days when, you know, fishing was done very manually. Like Yeah. It, it didn't just mean that you could then sit back and do nothing and get that share. You you prove that you could work hard and lift heavy and by doing this so then you had to you still i'm pretty sure you still had to fulfill your duties on the ship you didn't just go all right i'm good i, <laughs> I get this share i bet the guy who could lift the biggest stone could also lift a toilet out of its spot and replace it with a new one probably with yeah. one hand yeah just like old toilet new toilet one in each hand <laughs> new one goes in yeah, I don't do much stone lifting. I tried to lift five pieces of plywood up into the back of my truck the other day to get the tailgate to close, and I'm pretty sure I split a disc. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of commission. <laughs> yeah, play. Yeah, five pieces of plywood would be a bit much. When I was, yeah, I loaded my truck so dumbly. I I put the tailgate down right because I was like, oh, it'll be easier if the tailgate is down, and I'll just put straps over it. And I was like. After I got everything in, and it was five sheets of plywood because it cost me $500, I was like, I don't really want to do straps. And I have the like plastic bed lining, so if you take off, everything will just slide out. So I was like, well, I will just give it all I got. I'm going to lift the plywood up and then use my other hand to bring the tailgate up. I got halfway, my back went, and then I just fell to the ground. (laughs) And the straps came out, and I just strapped it in. I wish I was there to witness this. I, as I was doing this, I was looking at myself thinking, These, this is the kind of people I love to watch and laugh at. I'm being that person right now. You know, just it would be a dream of mine to just set up a chair, have a nice lemonade, and be at the loading spot at a Home Depot or a Lowe's and just watch people load their vehicles because it's, it's quite an art form. I've never heard a more Georgia statement than that one right there. I should have said sweet tea. Let me get some lemonade and sit at the loading dock at Home Depot so I can people watch. I know people who are listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about. This is a thing. So I, uh, it's a thing. You could, you could build a YouTube channel around what you just said. Yes, you absolutely could. I, uh, just when I'm going, picking up stuff and leaving, I see people that I need to just stop the truck and watch. What were you saying, Keith? (laughs) I don't remember. Buy a toilet. <laughs> so does five minute epoxy adhere to porcelain? Does that? I is asked that Google. That happens based on what Hunker dot com says. It said this is what's recommended for fixing hairline fractures in toilet bowls. Based on what? It said five minute epoxy. Hunker dot com. I don't know what it is, but that's what Google decided to use as a reference. 
carefulsearchinghunker.com i don't i don't know depending on how you spell it it so, might bring up different things okay so you're willing to take the advice of a dot com that you're unaware of the source when you got two people that you know tell you to go buy a freaking toilet this is um, why your logic's your your logic is flawed he has trust issues with the licensed professional he's going to hire to replace the toilet but he doesn't have trust issues in hunker.com. It's true. We'll see who's laughing. This millennial we'll generation, I tell you. <laughs> we'll never know, Chad, <sighs> because you won't bring up. Like, if this five-minute epoxy fails and you flood your house from a broken toilet, you, you probably won't tell us. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> that is a good Chad story right there. I told you when I was replacing the last room, right? I fell through the the floor joist and I landed on the brass water pipes, right? Just started shooting water everywhere. And I was almost done. I was about to put in the subfloor and I just slipped because I was tired and I landed on it. That, that was a big mistake. That was a very expensive mistake and a time suck as well because I tried to fix it for two days and then I finally did call a plumber that came and repaired the leaks for me. But they did repair the leaks. Yes, but it was brass pipes, right? You know, uh, most plumbers would assume that brass is kind of like the superior method of plumbing because it's it's hard, it's soldered. He came in, he cut out the brass, and he just replaced it with like shark bite fittings and pecs. And he put red on the cold water line. (laughs) So you see why I have trust issues. You went with the lowest And bidder. it was on the weekend. It was on the weekend, so I paid him twice as much. He was there for one hour. He charged me for two hours, and it was times two. It was $400 for one hour of work. It's one hour of work because it was a professional doing the work. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a professional. A professional would have came in and resoldered the brass correctly like it was originally. I, where, I felt where, no, 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 that is not that is not a professional that does that. A professional tries to do it as quickly and as efficiently as efficiently as possible. Resoldering old brass that you've stepped on and broken is not the way to do that. He's just asking for issues and have to come back in six months when something Not goes wrong. Not to mention, wrong. he came out okay, on an emergency call, probably worked with what he had in the truck, which was pecs and some quick fittings, and he probably only had red, and he fixed your problem on a weekend, and you're back in business. He did what he was paid to do. Just like the epoxy, I put it on, and I'm back in business. <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, here's my problem with the plumber. Before he left, he said, how's your water pressure here? And I said, it's actually pretty high pressure water here. He said, oh, because of that, this is not warrantied. Before you close up your floor, make sure you check on it. If you have a leak in the future, it's not on us. It's on you. How is that? Like, uh, I mean, trust issues. Okay, so that seems a bit dirty, but I still get what he was doing but it's i don't know it's you're not going to get someone to silver solder your brass back together they're gonna you're gonna get somebody that comes in and i don't know i i think if i had someone come into my house it's all copper if i had someone come in it would be shark bites and pecs because they can you can do it but the thing of it is is 
in the long run, I think it's a superior product, especially in my climate. Yeah, because the PEX. If for some reason, the PEX will expand if frozen. So it will take a freeze thaw. I think what upset me the most. will not. Is that I was spending all this time trying to resolder it and get it. And I was so close. I It was on a T-joint. And this is really what got me. Because the T had three welds that were all really close. And if so any water joint. gets in that pipe at all, you cannot resolder. So you have to do this like bread trick where you like push bread down the pipe and then try to solder. And I got that to work pretty well. But it came down to one tiny weld that just fell and it was dripping. And that's where I threw in the towel and I called the plumber. But had I known that I could just cut it out and replace it with shark bites and pecs, I could have done it myself. I just, I was, I guess I was buying the wrong materials because I wanted it to look. Hunkymen.com didn't help you out with that, Chad? (laughs) (laughs) Hunkymen.com. There's our show title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Chad. Chet, oh. everyone knows you could use a shark bite oh. on whatever you want. That's the beauty of a shark bite. It's so easy to fix. I thought a shark bite was going to make my house explode. I always heard it would make it catch on fire. And I've heard terrible things about shark bites. I don't know. That's just what this I've This is what happens when you get shark. your information on random websites that aren't vetted. So the, the shark bite has like is incendiary. Is that what you're saying? Like it's <laughs> it's it's a joke. I'm just kidding. It's just what people oh, come on. We'll hear. We're gonna hear from a plumber that listens to this, and he's gonna send us an email or a voicemail. Send it to workinghandspodcast at gmail.com. and we want to hear your opinion on my plumbing situation. You can send us a voice memo agree. on there. No, I'm just saying, send it to Chad's custom creations and let him deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to play it on the show. If you send in your voicemail, it will be played on the next episode if I'm still on the podcast at that point. I'm going to put out a call to our listeners to send in a voice memo of your thoughts on this situation of Chad using five-minute epoxy and hating shark bites and trusting plumbers and, and real websites. Let's hear it. Chad, you got any recommendations? This week, I'm going to recommend somebody that I've already recommended before because it got me into a new photography technique. It's a YouTube channel called I Did a Thing, and it is an Aussie over in Australia that does some really interesting videos. It'll give you good laughs, and he'll build some cool things. But one of his videos, he went and he did some macro photography, and this was really interesting to me because... I've always been interested in close-up photography of things that you really can't see with your standard eye or you just don't get that close-up on. And uh, since I saw his video, I ordered myself a 35-millimeter lens for my camera that's supposed to be a macro. It is a one-times macro, which was giving me pretty cool shots. I think it would be good for some things in the shop, but it wasn't quite close enough to get like close-ups on bugs. So I looked into it and I found out that you can buy these things called extension tubes. So I got a few extension tubes and added that to the lens. And the further away you get your lens from the sensor itself, the more it can magnify. So I put those on today and I just walked around the yard, got some really cool pictures of some bugs. And I'll send a picture to you guys in a second of a fly. And it's so cool. It's Okay, I did a thing. That's my recommendation. Go check them out. Macro lenses. Woo. Macro lenses are fun. They're hard. It's really hard to get things in focus. Wait, what? The further <laughs> out I put it, 
I'm noticing my field of view becomes even smaller and smaller. So like even if I'm zooming in on like a fly, I can focus on the fly's head, but it may not be focused on his wings. Yeah, so that is your aperture. And if you want to do macro photography like that, then you have to focus stack. We'll talk yeah. about it in the after show. I saw we'll talk about it in the yeah, after yeah, yeah. Show. I saw Tony, someone doing that, and I, do you get somebody to recommend? Um, I'll go. I do not this week. So yeah, go ahead. So I'm gonna uh, recommend Emmett. He's over at Dead Rise Woodcrafts, and he is a um, he's a Turner primarily, but he also does some power carving, and um, he's in the Sabretooth family. But uh, I'm, I was on a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago uh, called Carver Conversations, which is run by Tiff, and she it, it it's sponsored by uh, Sabretooth. It is a Sabretooth podcast called Carver Conversations, which is pretty cool because you get into all different carvings and stuff. So that is my podcast recommendation this week: it's Carver Conversations. The uh, very good. My recommendation from last week was the Makeshift podcast, which I was also on this past week. So go give that a listen and uh, let me know what you think of that episode. It's a great episode. Very. Uh, it could be controversial. Yeah, we don't have to go over it again here, but go listen to it for yourself. Makeshift podcast. You will not be disappointed. If you want to help Chad afford a new toilet or pay for a plumber to come in his house and replace it with some shark bites and a black toilet, you can consider supporting the podcast by going to our swag store. If you want to check out that, you can get some t-shirts, some mugs, some glasses, some stickers. You can even get gigantic posters if you want to put a huge podcast poster on your wall in your workshop. How cool would that be? Very cool. So go over there, support it. You can find that link on the show notes or you can find the link to it also on the Instagram or you can send Keith or Tony an email and ask them to give you the link to it because we're too cheap to pay for our own web address, right? Do one of you guys want to do that? If you want to find Chad and all Chad's cheese and his toilet saga, you can find (laughs) him across all your sources at Chad's Custom Creations. Tony is at Woodland Iron on Instagram. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. The collective three of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on G- at Gmail or on Instagram, Working Hands Podcast, where you can send us a DM, reach out. If you want to send us a voice memo, we will play it on air if you want. That would be awesome. Uh, please rate and review the show on whatever podcatcher you use or can find that has the option to rate us. If it is five stars, we'll read it out online. And most importantly, share the show with a few friends. With that, Head on over to the after show. Later. Yeah, later. Hey guys, how you doing? This is uh, Johns from ButtJoints.com. And if you don't remember, I'm one of the winners of the Make What You Fear Challenge. Just wanted to say uh, thank you for everything you do. Uh, your podcast is one of the only podcasts that I listen to every single week. Um, I think that your dynamic duo of uh, Mr. Personality, um, spray paint in the bathroom guy, and uh, Tony, who's got a choice between maple syrup or petroleum, um, it's, a, it's really a dynamite combination. And uh, I guess my favorite moment was the uh, Make What You Fear Challenge, or favorite three months, right? Um, I'd always wanted to make a knife, 
I've watched hundreds of YouTube videos on it, but never had the kick in the butt to uh, go ahead and do it. So uh, I think that was a huge uh, contribution to the maker community and uh, you know motivated me to finally get out and do something that, that I've always wanted to do and a little bit of apprehensive about. Um, and it came out pretty awesome and now I have a really cool prize. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the maker swap. Uh, I think maker camp's going to be awesome and, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and, you know, I'll see you on Wednesdays. Thanks guys. So from the last year, any episodes that uh, stood out for me or any episode that made me yell at the podcast, specifically at Chad when he's not listening to Tony and Keith. I'm like, Chad, listen up. You know the ones. There's too many, but uh, if there's a favorite for me, it would be one that I would title, Hire a Mover. So what would I like to see more of next year as a patron? Maybe, uh, since Chad just took some advice uh, about the uh, brown noise, that goofy stuff I can't stand, um, but tried it for a week and thought it worked, Maybe he could take some other advice from Teeth and Tony and uh, see how that plays out. My two cents. Thanks for listening. What's going on, gentlemen? It's AJ over at Crafted and NJ. Just wanted to stop by and congratulate you guys on episode 52. I listen every single week and I love every single moment of the podcast, especially when Chad says something that Keith just can't imagine that Chad just said it. And uh, he goes completely silent. And I really think that my podcast stopped, so I have to check it just to make sure it's still playing. Anyway, you guys are doing a great job with the podcast. Keep it up. I look forward to the next episode, and I will talk to you guys later.